I don't know why my dad took me along on the drive in his light green park service sedan deep into the park that midsummer night. It might have been because I'd been cooped up in the house by days of rain, or maybe he just wanted the company of his son. Whatever the reason, there I was, wearing my red-topped rubber boots next to Dad on the wide bench seat as we weaved along the endless muddy road deep inside Mount McKinley National Park. Two more light green park vehicles with rangers at the wheels followed behind. With the sun low on the horizon, it was light out, but low-hanging clouds obscured Denali and the alpine vistas that flanked the road. The small black spruce and willow trees, stunted by the high altitude and latitude, marched up the hillsides and disappeared into the mist as we passed by. The creek beds roiled with muddy brown water from bank to bank, the result of the steady rain that had not yet stopped. Most of the time, I loved riding shotgun with Dad. He was a gregarious man who sang while he drove, mostly military songs he'd learned in the Army Air Corps during World War II. When he wasn't singing, Over hill, over dale, as we hit the dusty trail, he was whistling, telling stories, pointing out landmarks and wildlife, or expounding on historical facts that were usually without much meaning to my young mind. I'd lean against him on the seat, and steer the car while he kept us on the road with his thumb secretly pressed against the bottom of the steering wheel. That night, he was a different man. His National Park Service issue Tan Stetson sat between us on the seat. It rarely left the hat rack at park headquarters. I was used to being quiet since he usually did all the talking, but this time Dad was almost as mute as I was. The air hung heavy with the absence of his chatter and gave the car a closed-in somber feel. He whistled a little at first, but the songs trailed off like his heart wasn't in it. Soon, the rhythm of the windshield wipers and the slosh and ping of the muddy gravel road under our wheels was our only accompaniment. We drove far into the park the distance elongated by the strange silence and finally stopped at a pullout near a rain-swollen river. Dad got out, slipped a green raincoat over his uniform, and huddled with the other men. The air was sharply cool and carried the tang of freshly cut earth. I noticed places where the riverbank had fallen into rushing water. Bored, I walked toward the river, tossed in sticks, and watched the current sweep them away. The last time we'd stopped here on a family outing, the river looked completely different, a series of gravel bars laced with narrow braids of flowing water. Now it was a single channel of brown water, wider than the park road. Dad returned to my side but the others waited in their vehicles with engines idling and headlights shining in the rainy gloom. We ambled slowly along the swollen river. I skipped stones while Dad trailed behind, one eye on me while he scanned up and down the river bank. He didn't join in the rock skipping or find flat rocks for me. I was on my own. The turbulent water made skipping difficult, so I turned my attention to bigger rocks, heaving in big clunkers to hear the satisfying thunk 
and the muffled bowling alley crashes as they careened along the rocky riverbed in the swift current. We were nearly out of sight of the vehicles when Dad looked up and suddenly stiffened. Andy, get back to the car, he said. Now. I froze, and I looked at him in confusion. He didn't look back at me, but gazed downstream. Go, he said, calmly but firmly. I turned, took a step, and promptly tripped and fell onto the rocks. I saw blood trickle onto my palms. He moved quickly and grabbed my hand, took two strides, and then swung me ahead of him, repeating the process as we scrambled over the rocks and driftwood along the river bank. He set me down on a sandy stretch and I ran, but I was too small to keep up, so he reached down and grabbed my hand again. I held his hand with both of mine.